What's up? <laughs> we back again with another episode of Eric's uh, Mediocre Adventures, as, as, as this podcast is, is called. Um, sorry if the fan's going again. It's, it's just too hot, and I accidentally went on an eight-kilometer hike today, and I'm exhausted. So I just, I don't, I can't. <laughs> but uh, if you couldn't tell by the, the music... Uh, I'll call it music, uh, the musical intro, um, we're back for the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and the final one that we're going to watch, because I have zero interest in watching the next two, as I've said many times over, so this is, we'll, we'll wrap it up with this trilogy, as, as in my mind, I like to pretend it is just, uh, but before we get to that, we have a metric butt-ton of news, because, uh, some stuff happened. The main thing that happened, the main main thing, was the DC fandom just occurred two days ago? Yesterday? One of the two, either two days ago or yesterday. And from that, we got quite a bit of news. We got uh, the title for the sequel to Shazam, which I believe it's Shazam Fury of the Gods is what it's going to be called, yes. It is, in fact, going to be called Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Uh, we got a new Wonder Woman trailer in which we got to see uh, Cheetah in all her glory. And somehow, um, Pedro Pascal, who I'm assuming is, I think he's playing Maxwell Lord, if I remember correctly, is able to give people powers, because the, the, the trailer seems to suggest that he gives the powers to Cheetah. But, you know, okay, sure. Um, I still hate the gold costume. Like, everyone seems to love it. The gold one with the wings. I think it looks stupid. But that is just me. Um, I'm not really excited for this. I, I watched this trailer, and I still... It's the second one that's come out, and I still don't really care. Like, I don't know if it's just because DC's in such a, like, a weird spot, and I feel like anything to do with that main Justice League, like, universe, I don't really care. But also, it's like... It feels kind of cheap that they're just bringing Steve back and he's fine and I don't really care about Kristen Wiig and like I, I just I don't really care uh, <laughs> which is weird because I, I really like the first one I watched the first one quite often uh, I've seen it probably five or six times now since it's come out which I guess isn't that often but I've watched it a lot and I like it so I'm gonna see this of course as as I see them all but uh, this one didn't really do all that much for me um but we got the justice league snyder cut trailer the first one uh and for that it like it looks like a different movie uh, it looks like the same movie for the most part like the main plot's gonna be the same but it also looks like a different movie there's just so many s scenes and stuff that are just already different that were in the original trailers that were never in the movie so it's clear they're they're coming back there's a chance it'll still be a hot mess but i'm gonna watch it of course. Uh, I'm a little bit bummed that HBO Max is releasing it in four, like, one-hour installments. Like, I know why they're doing that. It's to keep subscribers uh, past a free trial. If they even have a free trial, I don't know, but I'm assuming it's to keep you past it if they do. Oh, excuse me. Little, little yawn there. But, uh, 
I mean, I'm gonna watch it. I I find the Justice League movie as it is. It's fine. It's it's not great by any means, but it's it's fine enough. Um, yeah, I'll I'll watch it. <laughs> The other stuff that came out of this uh, was the season seven trailer for The Flash, which I stopped watching The Flash like halfway through season five, maybe before then. So I I watched the trailer. It looks fine. It looks like more of the same though. So I'm not, I don't think it's gonna be enough to pull me back in. What else did we get? What else did we get? I don't think they announced it at Fandom, but there's going to be a new Batman series written. Uh, to my understanding, it takes place in an alternate, to, like an alternate reality or an alternate world or alternate timeline, whatever, with uh, where someone's. It's not Bruce Wayne who's Batman; someone else is Batman, and the the writer behind it seems to be fairly well known. I don't know him, but they they made it sound like a big deal that he was doing it. So, <laughs> yeah. Anywho, uh, what else was there? We had a Black Adam like motion teaser thing um which was fine i guess uh i feel like they've been hyping up black adam for so long that i just i like i'm at that point where like is it ever gonna happen (laughs) is it ever gonna happen we'll see um i i get i get why they're doing a black adam solo movie too because obviously it's the rock and and whatever but i don't really think it's needed like just put him in shazam and where he should be just do just do that but whatever they're trying to make him an anti-hero probably um which is fine it's it's fine uh then we got two game trailers uh and i will talk about them in the order that i'm excited them for so suicide squad kills the justice league was announced to come out in 2022 and uh that trailer was just cinematic. That's all they showed us was uh, cinematic for that. And so presumably, as I understand it, it's a one to four player co-op game where you can play as Harley Quinn, Deadshot, uh, uh, Killer Shark, and Captain Boomerang. Which is which is fine. Which is fine. Uh, it's set. It's supposed to be set in the Arkham universe, but then I guess. Deadshot has been in two games, and that, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's that's not what he looks like in the other two games. Like, I, I know I know why they're doing it, of course, uh, and it makes sense to do it as as the 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 masses, the majority now know Deadshot as Will Smith due to the Suicide Squad film. So it makes sense, uh, and and it's something I will certainly play. That I mean, Rocksteady makes great games. The Arkham games are all great. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't really th- like unless they plan to kill off all of the Justice League, which I don't think they're gonna do. Especially since, based on the trailer, it seems they're being controlled by Brainiac. Um, I'm interested to see what they do. Like with a title called "Kill the Justice League," you'd think some of the Justice League's gonna have to die, but I, I have a feeling that none of them will. They'll probably just take them down non-lethally, as as you could do. Yeah, but that, it looks great. Uh, as I said, it's supposed to come out in 2022, which feels like so long, and it's probably why we didn't get any gameplay footage. But the other game, the one I'm more excited for, which people would think more would be a sequel to Arkham Knight, but it's not. 
it seems to exist in its own universe, is Gotham Knights, which again is another co-op game. It's a one to four player game, it seems, uh, where you can play as Batgirl, Robin, who I'm presuming is Tim Drake, it seems a lot like Tim Drake, uh, Red Hood, and Dick Grayson as Nightwing. Um, I guess in, in this, Batman, Bruce Wayne's dead, and they lose access to all their technology because they seem to go back to a very basic uh, retro technology and gear kind of state, and then you work your way up. Uh, but it looks great. They, they had some gameplay footage from the, the pre-alpha build of uh, Batgirl doing some stuff, and then Robin was there, and it looked great. And uh, I'm fascinated. The trailer pretty much said that the main bad guys are going to be uh, the Court of Owls, and then Freeze. Um, Mr. Freeze is also going to be a villain. Uh, he's probably going to be like the on-its-face main villain, I think, because it seems like all of Gotham's all Freezy. Uh, but then the Court of Owls are obviously going to be the, the main peoples. Uh, and as, I underst- as I understand it, uh, or as I hope, at least, but I heard, I heard I read this in from somewhere as well, that it's going to be, um, like, each character has their own story, kind of dealy. Uh, I don't know if that's true, and I really hope it is. I don't, so that, that you can replay the game with other characters, uh, which would be really neat. And that they each have their own kind of like story or at least some differences in them to make it worth it other than just like their skills and stuff even if they don't i'll play it again all four times i know but um if this robin is tim drake i feel like where's damien guys like i know he's been getting a lot of attention in the animated movies lately but like throw the poor guy a bone But yeah, I guess they only want one Robin, even though they could have done Red Robin and then had Damien as Robin and just had five characters, but it's it's that's a minor quibble. Um, that game comes out in 2021, which is a lot sooner, and uh, I'm much more interested in playing as them than I am as the Suicide Squad, which is why I'm more excited for, for this one, and the Court of Owls is dope. So, yeah. I'm trying to think, what else did the DC fandom show us uh they confirmed that batfleck uh is coming back for the flash movie and he will be joining michael keaton so they're both gonna be bruce waynes i'm presuming um i'm assuming if i had to guess what they're gonna do is they're gonna wait and see how the batman uh, matt Reeves' batman is received and then if it's poor they'll probably try to convince Ben Affleck to stay on and then uh, when they do the Flash movie which is obviously I think obviously still going to be Flashpoint uh, when they when they fix the timeline it'll still be Ben Affleck as Batman and then if, if it's not great um, or if it is if, if Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson is well received, which I really hope they are. Uh, the Flashpoint might set it to where he's the main continuity Batman, or they could keep them totally separate, which I'm also incredibly okay with. If they want to have those separate, um, those separate realities, because it, I don't think 
unless like the Snyder Cut's really good, I don't think we need another Justice League movie right now. Uh, and unless they're for sure doing a Man of Steel two and stuff, like I don't, I don't really care. Like I think we need we, we need more solo movies for each of them to build back up to another Justice League movie. Um, but it, it, I guess it really depends on what they're actually going to do, which is hard to say. Oh, also, in regards to Garth- Gotham Knights, I just forgot. Uh, I'm almost certain <laughs> that Bruce Wayne's probably not actually dead. The Court of Owls probably have him. Um, and my, like, fervent wish for that game is it ends with, with Dick Grayson uh, taking on the cowl and becoming Batman. Like, I know uh, they did that for Battle for the Cowl, and then he was Batman for a few years, which I loved. I loved Dick Grayson as Batman. But... I also know that now they, they kind of took the approach that he's saying that like Nightwing is his own hero and, and, and that he doesn't have to take on Batman to like reach the heights and I agree on that point uh, but I think someone needs to be Batman at this point I think Gotham is still too messed up and like as the game suggests like he's saying like the criminals are going to figure out that I'm gone soon and you need to be ready like having Batman there as a presence is just just that that fear is is kind of needed in Gotham so I'd think that one of them has to step up but if someone's going to step up I want it to be Dick because I think he's the one best suited to it uh if especially if Damien's not old enough <laughs> or in the game at all but yeah uh speaking of Batman they've dropped a trailer for the Batman movie uh, directed by Matt Reeves, who came out and said they've only filmed 25% of it, but they made a damn good trailer out of 25% of a movie. Um, <laughs> it looks incredible. Uh, I was already on board. I'm a, I'm a rather large fan of Robert Pattinson. I think he's a very good actor, um, and I enjoy him and, and everything I've seen him in. So I'm sure I'm sure he can act his way to being a good Bruce Wayne um, and a good Batman. But the trailer's great. I recommend going to watch it uh, for anyone who, who has not seen it. Um, when I initially watched it, I was not aware. That, I guess this is kind of spoilers. If, if you don't want to know anything about the movie, stop listening for like two minutes. Um, but I didn't know at the time that, that Paul Dano had already been cast as the Riddler. So I thought the villain they were showing in the trailer could be Calendar Man or... Um, Maybe even something to do with Court of Owls, which would be cool. But uh, I think it's pretty obvious that it is the Riddler, <laughs> um, and that's and that's what they're going to be doing at least at least somewhat. Uh, I hope they introduce the Court of Owls, and a lot of people. There's already theories going around, and a lot of people are thinking that they are going to introduce the Court of Owls somehow into this movie. A large motorcycle just drove by. Sorry, um, which I I could see them doing. I could see. I could see Matt Reeves um, introducing or hinting at the Court of Owls at the end of this first one, and then having it maybe even like a trilogy. And the thir- like the second one builds up to the Court of Owls, and the third one is actually like the co- confrontation with the Court of Owls. And I think that would be that would be perfect. That's what I want at least is 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 that because I think one movie to j- to do the whole Court of Owls story would be uh, not enough. 
but yeah, we get to see we get to see the bat suit dead on. We get to see New Gordon. Uh, we get to see Catwoman, uh, uh, played by Zoe Kravitz. Uh, Gordon is played by Jeffrey Wright. We don't see Andy Serkis' Alfred, but we hear him. Um, we see Robert in his Bruce Wayne persona, and his hair is a bit of a mess. Uh, a lot of people are saying he looks like an emo kid. And I agree, but I think what they're doing is, like, this is a Batman who's been back for two years, and I don't think he has settled in to the Bruce Wayne persona yet, because that's... People always talk about how, like, uh... Like, for some people, they wear a mask to hide their identity, but for Bat... Like, for Bruce Wayne, Batman is the identity, and Bruce Wayne's the mask. Like, so, I think we're seeing Batman and then like a very antisocial Bruce who doesn't really know how to act yet because he's just angry full of rage and stuff and I think we'll see him adopt that persona and then he'll we'll probably get the slick back nice hair and stuff that we know Robert can have um but yeah like it looks like a grim kind of like mystery movie which I am super on board with let's do some detectiving um then and get into this yeah I think that's everything at least off the top of my head that I can remember from the DC fandom um oh yeah no oh, duh. Uh, <laughs> they did like a trailer slash roll call thing for the new Suicide Squad movie directed by uh James Gunn of Guardian of the Galaxies Guardians of the Galaxy that one uh fame and so they introduced who everyone's playing. Uh, I have never heard of most of the people that are in this. Um, Character-wise, I've heard of the actors, of course. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. James Gunn makes good movies. Sure. <laughs> Got a lot of actors in it that I enjoy. Uh, I, I know everyone thought that Idris Elba was just going to be Deadshot, that he was just like, recast as Deadshot, but he's not. He's playing someone else who I can't recall what his, what his name is. I'm just going to Google it because I'm curious. Who are you playing? Who are you playing? Why does it not just come up right away on Google? Who are you playing? Uh, Bloodsport. He's playing Bloodsport. Okay, so yeah, we got a whole list here. So the only ones coming back are uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, of course. Um, Joel Kinnaman as Colonel Rick Flagg, which, pff, who cares? He was, you know, not great. Uh, Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang, which is fine. He was he was okay. I wish he had more to do in the first one, but you know what? I'm okay with it. Uh, anyone else? Anyone else? Uh, I'm pretty sure Viola Davis is coming back. Yeah, Viola Davis is coming back. Amanda Waller. And that's it. Uh, everyone else is new, but we have the likes of John Cena as a Peacemaker. His character is described as a douchey Captain America, which is pretty cool. Um, I can see John Cena doing that. Uh, Peter Capaldi is the Thinker. Uh, the Thinker was the villain for Season 4 of The Flash, I think. So, at least it's a character I'm familiar with. Um... Ba, ba, ba. Michael Rooker is playing someone named Savant. I don't know who that is. Uh, Nathan Fillion is playing Arm Fall Off Boy. Okay. Uh, then we have Rat Catcher. 
I don't know who that actress is. Um, King Shark, of course, which, you know, sick. Uh, Sean Gunn is playing Weasel. Again, I don't, I don't really know who that is. Uh, Pete Davidson is Blackguard. Okay. <laughs> oh, Mongol's gonna be in this? That's cool. Uh, but yeah, the, it, we didn't really learn much. We saw some behind-the-scenes stuff, and we saw, um the roll call of the characters but that's pretty much it uh, as far as I know it's, it's like it was described as like a 70s Vietnam war movie mixed with the Suicide Squad uh, and it looks like it was filmed in Panama and there's a lot of um, uh, South American names on here like Luna and Suarez and stuff so I'm sure they're going to if I had to guess, they're probably being sent down to this place to deal with it, like a, a dictator or a rebellion or something in, in wherever. Uh, is there any other news that I wanted to talk about? Not that I can recall. Uh, the Boys Season 2 is coming out in two weeks, but uh, reviews for it are dropping already, and it's apparently incredibly positive some of the reviews i saw are saying that it's already better than the first season uh rotten tomatoes is, it's at 92 percent fresh which means nothing right now uh since probably so limited like a limited amount of people have probably seen it so far uh da -da 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 -da. lucifer season five dropped i binged it all in one day it was fine or part one of season five sorry it was fine uh, it wasn't the best season, but it also wasn't the worst, so at least I'm interested in seeing where they go in the Season 5 Part 2, whenever that comes out on Netflix. As you can see, I'm trying to uh, add a little more news to this because I didn't really have much to say about the third movie in my notes. Uh, so I'm <laughs> just trying to not buffer the, the, the time, uh, the runtime, because uh, there is obviously a lot of news to talk about. But I think that's everything. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to get to the movie, uh, which is, as as discussed earlier, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. So this was the third installment of the Pirates of the Caribbean series. And it came out in 2007, yes, 2007, uh, one year after Dead Man's Chest, pretty much. Um, and uh, where we left off in the last one was Beckett has the heart of Davy Jones. Uh, Jack Sparrow got eaten by the Kraken. And Barbosa's back, and they're going to, to, to save him and stuff. Um, if I remember correctly... And it seems I was correct, um, because I just read it right here. The reviews for this one were mixed. Uh, it wasn't, it's not really loved by many. Uh, if you compare it to the next two, it's, it certainly is. But uh, in this one, it's a lot of people just felt it was kind of meh, and it, yeah. Uh, according to this, it has a 44% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which checks out, uh, and an average score of 5 out of 10. So it's, I guess it's, it's considered worse than the last one, which is surprising. Uh, 
but it still made all of the monies. Um, <laughs> it's the highest grossing film of 2007, apparently. It made $961 million, which is, I guess, what you want. And uh, it was successful enough that they made more, so... Alright, let's get into this. We're going to do uh, kind of the same thing we've done for the other two, is it's where I kind of, uh, I just took notes while I watched the movie on things that I noticed or things that I, I felt like talking about, uh, so it's going to be chronological. And uh, I try to say like where I am in the movie for where these notes are, just so you have a good idea of where I'm at. Uh, if you haven't watched the movie, I guess this doesn't really help, so I... Hmm. I can't believe this didn't occur to me until right now. So I guess I, I, I'll go down first. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to give like my sum up, my summation of how I feel about this movie now. So if you, you're curious about it and you want to know what I think, uh, I'll say it. Uh, I like this movie. I like it less than I remember. Like I haven't watched it in a while. And, I, and as you can tell from the last two videos, I... I, I kind of thought highly of this movie um higher like that it was the best uh, after the first one which i still think it might be but i don't like it nearly as much as i remembered myself liking it mainly i think because watching it this time i noticed that a, there's a lot of coincidental things happening and a lot of people betraying each other over and over again and like it's just it's like there's all these twists on twists on twists for the sake of twists but then it's also like but very conveniently everything works out in these specific ways at these exact times uh <laughs> and it, it just bugged me when i was watching it this time um i also apparently remember davy jones wrong uh i always thought that he was a, like a conflicted villain like he was not all bad but having watched this one again and then watching two again uh i was wrong uh, he's kind of a straight-up villain throughout he just has a sad backstory that makes you feel for him a bit which i will get into in the review or the the breakdown or whatever it is that i'm doing um i will note and it's something I do discuss later in, the, in my notes, because I just saw it again uh, as I was scrolling down. But uh, this was a tough watch for me when I was watching it, because I had forgotten to take my prescriptions that day. Um, and I have a lot of trouble paying attention to things, even on them. But off of them, I uh, my attention span was off, and I, and I had a lot of hard time getting through it. Uh, and an even harder time taking notes on stuff, so that's why I mentioned this one's uh, probably a little shorter. But I still enjoyed the movie. I laughed like when I was supposed to laugh, and I felt sad when I was supposed to feel sad. Um, and I still think this one is better than two, because two just feels like it's missing something that the other two movies have. Like it feels like filler, and one and three feel like they have a little more magic to them, I guess. Um, and two is, is missing a little of that magic. Uh, yeah. If I had to rank them, I would rank one. Like, the first, Curse of the Black Pearl would be first. And then, like, far ahead of the other two. Then three and two, followed by four and five. I don't know what order for sure four and five are in, because I don't want to watch them again. But 
just know they're at they're at they're at the bottom. <laughs> so yeah, let's get to the actual to the actual rundown of the movie. This movie starts hella depressing. Uh, Beckett and his and his lot are just killing everyone and anyone related in some way to pirates. Like even little kids with lovely singing voices, uh, they're just rounding everyone up and icing them, hanging them in like the middle of the square or whatever, repeatedly. Talking and it like starts with like a voiceover of how like all their rights are being suspended and stuff and like, right to habeas corpus suspended and right to whatever suspended. So like if there's any suspicion at all, kind of that they are related or sympathize with pirates, they're getting killed. And uh, we get a dope song, though, uh, as mentioned by the little little kid with the nice singing voice. Um, starts singing the song, and uh, everyone else starts singing it, which kind of, I mean, it kind of proves Beckett right, because it suggests they're all related to pirates somehow, uh, since they all know the song. And being a pirate is illegal, so I guess you gotta hang them. <laughs> yeah, so they're singing this song... Um, because I guess somehow this song has like supernatural powers and it acts as a summoning for the brethren court of pirates which is like where all the pirate lords will meet up uh, which you'd think oh no Beckett doesn't want this but he actually does this is his goal he wanted to be nasty enough to force them to sing this song to summon the brethren so that he could wipe the brethren out in like one stroke like have them all in one place then find them then kill them Uh, so the next bit we hop from here to Singapore uh, where Elizabeth is on a little boat and she's singing the same song that they were singing uh, when they were getting hung and she just happens to get to a point on her boat where there's people waiting for her but Barbosa is also waiting for her so like they planned for Elizabeth to get into a conflict on this exact spot so that Barbosa could swagoo his way down the steps, introducing himself, like, what's up, it's me, Barbosa. It's, again, like, like I said, hell of a coincidence, the first of, of many <laughs> in this movie. Uh, we also get a dumb bit where the crew is traveling underwater using straws and, like, heads. Like, they're wearing, like, helmets on their head. Like, I guess they're pretending to be turtles or something. Uh, it was really dumb. But it made me chuckle because uh, Rigetti or Spaghetti, whichever one is not, like, I don't know who's who, uh, pops up and he doesn't have a helmet because he's bald. So it's just his, his bald head, which made me laugh. Uh, and the first of many side notes, uh, I am so happy that Barbosa's back. Uh, he's, he's, Jeffrey Rush is great in this role. And, um, I feel like like the last movie was missing something without him, so I'm very glad that he's back. Which makes me happy. Uh, we get taken in by the Singapore people. Uh, I don't know what they're called. South A, uh men. And uh, there's a weapon search strip scene. It's hella pervy, and it's a cheap chuckle because she's pulled on like, guns and weapons out of weird places. Uh... But it's a chuckle, so like, I, I do we give it a pass? Cause it's like it's a little funny. 
I don't know. I don't think so. It's it's weird, and I don't know. It was unnecessary, and, and yeah, I don't know why we did it, but we did it. And we meet our first new kind of major character, uh, Captain Sao Fang. He's played by the star of the terrible Dragon Ball Evolution movie, uh, Chow Yun Fat. I think is how you say his name. I'm not sure. Uh, and we're again we're back to the flaws of these two movies, uh, and not the first one is we're back to the villain not really being a villain kind of character but he's still he's just straight up a villain like you can tell they try to make him somewhat conflicted but it doesn't work like he's just a bad dude uh he and he sucks <laughs> yeah they 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 pulled it off so well in the first movie and then they just can't do it again for some reason which is weird but we move on, and uh, the I noticed in this one the weird supernatural elements are kind of ramped up. Like, it feels like when you watch the first one, the people in it are shocked by the skelly boys and that they're cursed and stuff. But now tentacle people and singing coins, like coins that have a song playing on them, are just normal. And the fact that like music can summon the brethren court and stuff is just accepted. And I'm like. Hmm. It's inconsistent, uh, I think. But maybe they've just gotten used to it over the couple of years since the Skelly Boys. Who knows? Uh, we learn that, that Will had been sent to sneak in to steal some charts from Sao Fang, and he was caught, which I love, because I love how Will is just bad at everything except fighting. Like, anything he tries to do, he fails at except, except fighting, which is funny. Uh, also, also, uh, I love the Pirate Lords thing. Like, I love that idea, uh, but I don't like that it was never mentioned before in the other movies. Like, they introduce it in this one, because they obviously it's, it's part of their plot, but before this point, we've met, like, three of our main characters are pirate lords. Two of them were pirate lords in previous films, one of them becomes one in this one. But, so, Jack's a pirate lord... And Barbosa's a pirate lord. We've seen Jack in two movies and Barbosa in one. Technically two, because he shows up at the end of the second one. But you'd think this would have been mentioned at some point. But I'm guessing they just didn't have this planned out yet uh, in those movies. So it's just not a thing. It's annoying in, in that regards. Like, we're like... If you, if you know you're kind of doing a trilogy or whatever, plan it all out in advance, but it's still a cool concept, and I really like it. I like the, the idea that there's these nine pirates that are kind of above all the other ones and, and like, are responsible for making the decisions and stuff. And there's also a great scene where there's, like, a... Sao Feng thinks that they have another spy, like, that they sent someone other than Will, because there's a guy whose tattoo is coming off because uh, it's fake and he's a spy and, and he threatens him and Barbosa has this confused face because <laughs> like the guy's like tell me what you want or I'll kill him and Barbosa's just like huh just not, I don't know I don't know him <laughs> but yeah uh, turns out he was a spy for the creepy murder man from the last one uh, Beckett's underling and uh, he's back and he somehow followed them here to Singapore I don't really know how. Uh, my theory at the time was that he's from the future and he lojacked Elizabeth somehow. Uh, 
Um, but I guess they kind of imply that Will snitched and, and told them where they were going. It's just, it's not super clear. Like, they don't definitively answer whether they were just following them or, or somehow, or if Will told them they were going to Singapore. I don't know. But uh, also in Singapore, we get our first bit of the classic soundtrack again, the nice pirates music, which is still so great. And uh, we get more proof that the monkey is deliberately evil as he sets up some fireworks to shoot at people and it causes a big old explosion and he kills several. So, like, it's an evil monkey. Uh, anywho, Will makes a deal with uh, Feng. We don't know what the deal is yet. Uh, you find out later in the movie. Uh, and he, for whatever the deal is, he gets uh, the charts for his pals. He gets a crew and he gets a ship so that they can go get Jack from the locker. So that's what the charts are, is to get to to get to get World's End, at which point they could go to the locker, I guess, uh, according to Tiadama. Uh, we hop over. Oh, excuse me, big yawn. We hop over back to Beckett, and we learn that he uh, has the Flying Dutchman under his control, and he is using it with his armada to just mess up pirates and anyone who who like is against him. Uh, we already know this from before in the movie, and I mentioned it, but he outright says that his plan is to find the pirate brethren and kill them. Uh, and we learn that James Norrington is now an admiral and working for him. Uh, boo, James. Boo. Anyways, I get that they wanted uh, to journey to go find Jack. Like, I, I understand that's what they wanted to do, and they wanted it to seem like it was long, so that it just wasn't like, a, oh, we're here, we got him, woohoo. But I would have been fine if they skipped all the travel and just got right to it. Like, just been like... A little time card, like three weeks later, and then they get Jack. I would have been, would have been fine with that. Uh, one nice thing though about this journey is we get a taste of a new song. At least I'm pretty sure it's new. While they're in the ice place, and the dude like accidentally pulls his hand off or whatever. Uh, but yeah, there's a new song playing, and it's it's really good. It's dope. I like it. And then. Uh, it's it's confirmed later, but it's pretty much said by Beckett that they're going to kill Papa Swan. So, yo, R.I.P. in peace, Papa Swan. Uh, he assumedly gets got by the creepy murder man. Uh, and it's because he's curious about the, the heart. He's been asking questions about it. And Beckett's like, well, I guess he outlived his usefulness. And then, and then they go kill him, uh, which we don't see. We just know he dies. We also learn here that Beckett uh, forced Davy Jones to kill the Kraken. I'm not really sure why. Uh, in story, like in the in the in kayfabe, as as the wrestling fans would say, like within the world of the story, I'm assuming he did it to make him prove loyalty, and to let be like I'm taking your most powerful thing away from you. Like I'm sure there's multifaceted reasons. Uh, one of which is loyalty, one of which is to kill like his beast, and the other one is just to see, I guess, how far the control with the heart goes. I don't know. In reality, though, in, in, in the movie-making world, I'm, I'm assuming it was just to save costs, and this movie's already chock-full of stuff. They didn't really need the, the Kraken as well. Yeah, but we hop back to our crew. Gosh, excuse me. 
the, the, the hike today took it out of me. Um, uh, we get some romantic angst between Will and Elizabeth. It's strong and it's unnecessary. Mostly unnecessary. Um, I, I don't know why they're doing it. I talked about this in the Dead Man's Chest uh, episode. I, it, I felt it was unnecessary. Uh, if they had some relationship angst based on like actual flaws in the relationship, that's fine. But they're basing it all on this um, on this love triangle, and I, I don't care for it. But there is some foreshadowing with Will and Calypso, which I've never noticed before. Um, she mentions to Will that there's a cost to be paid in the end, and then he looks at her heart necklace, uh, and then it cuts away from them. So, it, spoilers for the end of the movie, which I'm going to talk about uh, later, but Will, obviously, um, his heart is put into the chest after they kill Davy Jones, and he becomes the captain of the Flying Dutchman. Uh, he takes his place, and that's that was the cost to be paid in the end, which is, which is, which is neat. Anyway, we get to uh, the end of the Earth, and uh, Flat Earthers probably love this movie at this point, because the world just ends and it dips off at the end in a big old waterfall, and they're probably like, see, we were right, the Earth is flat, it ends, suck it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, and they dip off the end of the Earth, which sends them to the locker, I guess. Uh, we get... The first of the many hilarious Jack scenes here, though, um, it isn't really explained, like, but he has, he, he's like, there's a bunch of Jacks, there's like 20 Jacks all manning the Black Pearl, and they're like working on the ship, and he eats a peanut and stuff, and it's funny, but it's not really explained what's happening. Um, I'm gonna assume that he just went mad, or, or more mad, uh, or he was hallucinating. Uh, or it was like a symbolism that was like meant to say that the only person he can trust is himself. I don't know. They don't really focus on it. Um, it's cool, though, because we get to see a lot of his tattoos. Uh, and we get to see him hit on a goat, which is nice, I guess. But uh, some rocks wake up, and they're like crab rocks. And I'm assuming Calypso sent those to, like, bring him to the beach where they all are. Uh, again, it's not really confirmed, but I'm assuming that's what they do. Anyways, Jack rolls up on the on the, on the fam, and uh, he just sasses all of them, which I love, uh, especially Elizabeth. There's a line he says uh, when, when they're like, trust us, Jack. He's like, why would I trust you? Four of you tried to kill me in the past. One of you succeeded. Uh... That line is gold, and apparently Johnny Depp saying Hector uh, was ad-libbed, and it just became canon that Barbosa's first name was Hector. Like that wasn't actually Barbosa didn't have a first name. I, I can't remember if I talked about that before, but yeah, that's neat. I I also like that Jack knows what QED means, because I didn't even know what QED means. I had to look it up. I just assumed he was making up words, but it actually means something. Uh, it means I'll talk about what it means, because it's weird. Uh, QED is an abbreviation of the Latin words quad erit demonstrandum, which loosely translates to that which was to be demonstrated. 
so he's trying to prove that they're hallucinations and they're not there. He says, so QED, you're not real or something. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, uh, Barbosa's doing more of his stuff where he's like, the pearl's mine. And like, Hector, you gotta let it go, buddy. The pearl is Jack's. Just let it go. It's not your ship. And I do enjoy uh, this scene of Jack where he's with them and stuff because it's like it's comedy gold. It's very funny, but it's not just comedy because he's being weird. Like it's it's comedy based on like comedy, so I love it. Uh, he calls Barbosa the chart man. That's not a thing. It's a navigator. Uh, you'd think he would know that, but yeah. Uh, we also get a penis joke about telescopes here, and Barbosa apparently has a bigger dick because his telescope is bigger or whatever. One thing I do like, though, because uh, I was pooping on the romantic tension based on the love triangle earlier, uh, it's resolved at this point. Like, 40 minutes in the movie, they're like, no love triangle, we're done. Uh, <laughs> showing how, I think, unnecessary it really was. The love triangle tension, at least, uh, was unnecessary because there's still some romantic tension uh, that follows, and it's because these two, uh, Will and Elizabeth, cannot communicate well with each other. Which is perfectly fine. Let that be a thing. Because, yeah, they can't communicate well with each other. They just do whatever they want and then let the other one find out after the fact. One thing I was confused about is uh, as they're leaving uh, Davy Jones' locker, they're still on in this reality or wherever where the dead people are. Uh, we see dead people uh, coming down the sea. Some of them are just in the water swimming and then some of them have boats. Why? Uh... Why do some people have boats and some people don't? Is it like a class thing? Is it how they were treated like when they were buried or after they died or whatever? Like, it's weird. We also get more of the backstory of Davy Jones here. Um, Calypso's... Sorry. I already talked about how she's Calypso in, in Dead Man's Chest, but Tia Dalma uh, is talking about how it was Davy Jones's job to ferry the souls of the dead to the locker, um, and he didn't do his role, which is why he became fishy. Uh, and she's really upset in the scene, and I don't get why she's upset when she played a pretty big role in him not doing his job like he did his job for 10 years and then he only stopped doing his job because when he set foot on land for his one day on land after 10 years to go see her because they were in love she was gone she bounced like she was she was out of there like and he only took this job because as i understand it she like convinced him to so that they could be together forever or he took it for her sake i'm not I'm not sure which. That's why I'm saying it's only partly her fault. If she convinced him to do it, then it is fully her fault. But if he just did it, like, of his own accord, then, then, then that's on him, sort of. But it's still partially on her. Like, the movie seems to suggest <laughs> that that uh, they were going to meet up in the ten years and, like, it was, like, agreed and, and they were going to do it. Uh, not do it, but, like, they were going to meet up once he was allowed to and then she was gone um which you know it sucks 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 for him so let me see i'm just gonna look at the wiki and see what it says so uh 
his life is shrouded in mystery. Uh, he fell in love. Calypso rewarded that love by giving Davy Jones the sacred task. Okay, so she gave him the task. Uh, and because of the love that they had for each other, Jones agreed to do it as long as he could step on dry land once every ten years. He came after the ten years to be reunited with his love, and she was nowhere to be found. So, heartbroken and enraged, and believing he had been tricked into the duty, he uh, went on a course of vengeance. Yeah, okay. So yeah, so it's pretty much mostly her fault um, that he didn't do his job. If she had been there and they had their day together, he probably would have kept doing the job. Uh, but it was his own decision still to, to, to still not do it. It's his like it's his responsibility too. He agreed to do the job, regardless of whether or not she was going to be there. Like I don't want to I don't want to sound like I'm blaming her. I'm just saying she she played a role. <laughs> she played a role in it. So I don't really get why she was upset. Uh, another thing that confused me is is Elizabeth. Uh, I get that she's sad because she sees her dad on a boat, meaning he's dead. Um, but why would she actually think that they made it back? Like clearly they're not back and even if you for some reason you thought you were back why would your dad be out on a little boat by himself in the middle of the ocean surrounded by people in the water and then other people on their own little boats like it doesn't really make sense um I'm, i guess she's just distraught but it's it's weird though uh they they it's either will or jack i think it's jack asks chiodama if they can grab him because Elizabeth wants them to, to bring Papa Swan back with them and I'm curious to know why they couldn't. There's a line she says uh, be that it's because he's at peace that they couldn't bring him back but is, it's, is that why? Is it because he's at peace with his death that they couldn't bring him back or was it because Jack was never really dead? Like did the Kraken not actually kill him? It just brought him to, to the locker or did the plot just not call for it they just didn't want to bring back Papa Swan so they just decided to, to, to make it so he couldn't come back I don't know Anyways, we get a fun little bit of uh, two little Jacks talking to, to Jack like on his shoulder and it always makes me think about Kronk um, I love Kronk and I love the scenes where he's got the, the angel Kronk and the devil Kronk on his shoulder the, <laughs> look what I can do um, anyways, uh, Jack is beginning to get the idea to stab the heart of Davy Jones and then put his heart in its place and become the new captain, the Dutchman. Um, and his argument, the little Jack's argument for not stabbing the heart is that he can only get rum and wenches once every 10 years, but it's not true. He just can't step on land but once every 10 years but you can still send your crew to go fetch rum and wenches or have people deliver rum and wenches willingly of course uh, like you could there's, there's workarounds for that for sure and then we get uh, one of the annoying things about this movie uh, is Jack he, he gets a plan on how to like get back to the normal world but he doesn't tell anybody he just starts doing this weird thing where he runs back and forth on the boat and for some reason everyone just starts following him and, and it starts to tip the boat 
and then someone catches on. I think Barbosa catches on that he's trying to flip the boat. But just say you got to flip the boat. Jack, just be like, hey, chart says we got to flip the boat. Let's flip the boat. And a side note, uh, Rigetti and Spaghetti are idiots. They tie themselves upside down on one of the, the masts. Because they're flipping the boat, obviously. But that plan only has merit if the boat doesn't right itself. But, like, you had to fall off the end of the earth and flip over to go to this place. So if you're flipping the boat, like, it, it stands to reason that it's going to come back up right side up. So you're still going to be upside down. Dummies. Like, I could see tying yourself to the mast, but they should have tied themselves the other way also how did they get there and who tied them I don't know I still to this day I still don't get how flipping the ship brought them back it's a cool visual so sure but like them going off the waterfall and flipping is something I just made up on the spot like right now as a reason as to maybe why they had to flip it but I don't I don't really know they it's not really explained Yeah, um, we get another scene that doesn't quite make sense as soon as they're back. Uh, there's a gun standoff between Will, Elizabeth, Barbosa, Jack, and Gibbs, and they each have two guns, like each pointing at everyone. It's funny and it looks cool, but I don't really get it. Like, of these people, everyone wants the same thing except Jack. Yet five of them are pointing guns at each other, like. Uh, why? Um, but I guess it's a show of loyalty from Gibbs, who he's only pointing guns at people because some of them are pointing guns at Jack, so I guess that's nice. But everyone wants to go to the Brethren Court somewhat, or at least wants to keep going on this journey and have Jack with them, so I don't, I don't really get it. We get another weird coincidence as... Uh, they end up on the exact same island uh, as the dead kraken and we get to see the dead kraken uh, we also get a nice heart to heart with Jack and Barbosa, and there's a great line uh, where Barbosa says that the world is getting smaller and Jack says the world is the same there's just less in it which like I get what he means the more things that are being discovered and the more things that are being like controlled there's there's less actually in the world uh, which is nice uh, this scene also makes me want to see more of their adventures like from when they got along like I want to see the moment when Barbosa like put his trust in the young kid Jack um, and all that also how did Sao Feng who shows up uh, know where to find them they don't say he's, he's just there uh I'm assuming that Will chose this island, like, and he said, like, hey, when, uh, if we come back, if we're successful with Jack, I'll meet you here. So that, so Safang was just waiting there, but, like, s suggest that, say it, even, or just, like, hint at it, or something, like, I don't know. But, uh, we get a nice scene where Jack asks who missed him, like, is, and, and the monkey raises his hand, the monkey Jack, and I think that's sweet. Um, but Sao Feng takes them and he gives Jack to Beckett 
this is the part of the movie where the excellent scene I talked about last in the last movie, the Man's Chest, um, the excellent scene about uh, where we learn a bit more about Jack and Beckett and that the people aren't cargo scene. Um, where we learn that like Beckett was running slaves and that's why Jack bailed on him and why Jack was branded as a pirate. That scene. Uh, it was it would have been here and this is this is where it was deleted from. We learn that Sao Fang uh, like betrayed them because he wants the pearl and this confused me because like why first off why does he want the pearl? Is it just because it's fast? But then also why would he think that Beckett would like ever keep his word? Like all we know about Beckett at this point is that he's not nice, he doesn't keep his word, and he wants to kill all the pirates. <laughs> but yeah, this is the point uh, when I was watching that I took note on my notes that I realized that I was wrong about Sao Fang. I thought he was a complicated character as well, which I mentioned earlier. Um, a la Barbosa, but he's not. He's just a villain. And he kind of sucks. Like, he has some scenes where he's nice to Elizabeth, but he's only doing that because he thinks that she's Calypso in human form. We learn that that's Barbosa's plan um, to take Calypso, who is trapped in human form, to the Brethren Court so that they can release her uh, because it was the first Brethren Court that trapped her with the help of Davy Jones. And yeah, Southang just assumes it's Elizabeth uh, and he like takes Elizabeth with them when they all separate which she says yes to and Will says no to, which is more of their excellent communication skills. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I do like that the movie decided to try, like, at this point, and make it seem like Ellipso... Or Ellipso. Make it seem like Elizabeth was Calypso by showing, like, that everyone was interested in her. But they did it kind of suddenly, and they did it too soon. Like... They could have tried to build this up more over over the other movies if this is where they're going, but again, I think it's just like uh, they didn't know this is what they were doing, and they just wanted to have a random twisty twist. Because I think it's if like if you if of the two women that are on this ship, if we had to guess which one is Calypso, Elizabeth would not be my first guess if I didn't already know. But they, yes, yeah, so Sao Fang realizes that, I guess, or is convinced that Beckett's not going to honor his deal, so him and the uh, our friendly friends, Barbosa and all them, uh, start attacking Beckett's ship, which confuses me. So we learn that the reason that they needed to go get Jack, or the reason why Barbosa needed to go get Jack, was because Jack has one of the nine pieces of eight, uh, which is like what signifies that a pirate lord is a pirate lord, and it's these pieces all together is what trapped Calypso and what can release her. So they had to go get Jack because uh, for the pieces to pass someone else, the holder of it, the last holder of it, has to like willingly pass it on to someone else. And Jack didn't do that. But then they start trying to shoot Beckett's ship while Jack is on it why would they risk that? Like, they could have killed Jack again before he passed on his piece, and then they'd have to go get him again. Like, they're idiots. <laughs> like, I know it's a cool action scene or whatever, and it's like, oh, oh, what's gonna happen with Jack? He's captured by Beckett. Whoa, ho, ho, gunfire. But, it, realistically, it doesn't make sense that they'd start doing this because the plan that, that both 
Sao Feng and Burgos agree to is releasing Calypso. So they need Jack. Anyways. Uh, we get another instance of Jack at full wacky. As he escapes the ship by doing a weird cannon trick. Uh, which, like as I've said before, I don't like Jack at full wacky. Um, but he has some good lines before and after it. And it's funny. So I'll allow it. And then uh, what's-his-face from the first movie, the guy who says that he's probably the best pirate he's ever seen, he's back again, and he asks Beckett, uh, do you think he plans it all out, or does he just make it up as he goes along? And I think this kind of sums up my problem with Jack as the movies go on. He went from someone who mostly planned it all out in the first movie, like, he had multiple plans, or, like, he'd had a plan that allowed for multiple, like, decisions and things being switched or different or whatever like he was prepared for all that and like nothing really just happened willy nilly like everything was kind of planned for him and then he slowly not even slowly he kind of quickly drifted away from that to someone who just things happen around him and he gets lucky enough to make his way out of it uh, it's less so in 2 and 3 but it's it is in 2 and 3 quite a bit, and then it, it is more so in 4 and 5. And I just, I don't like it. But yeah, uh, so Sao Fang is on his ship with Elizabeth, and they're heading to, uh, what's it called? How did I forget what it's called? Um, Shipwreck Cove, which is where the, the brethren will meet. And they get attacked by the British and uh, Davy Jones. And Sao Fang dies. He died shitty and he kind of stayed shitty he was not a really good dude and his last scene showed that he wasn't really a good dude but he made Elizabeth captain which is cool I like that he passes on his pieces piece of eight to her um, he does it because he thinks that she's Calypso and stuff but she's not so she just became captain and, and yay <laughs> uh, anyway they try to escape uh, Norrington dies here as well um Davy Jones kills him because uh, he helps Elizabeth escape, which sucks. But yeah, that happens a little bit later. There's also a scene um, where Jack finds out that Will is up to no good. He's like dropping barrels and stuff to like leave a trail for presumably Beckett. I can't remember who he's doing this for. If it's for yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's Beckett. Anyways, he breathe, Jack breathes in Will's face and Will passes out. So, like, how how bad does his breath have to be to make someone pass out? But then the movie says a line, uh, which makes me mad, because uh, it's, a, it's very clearly stated in this one, like, very clearly, that... Uh, so Will and Jack are talking, and, and Jack pretty much tells Will that he wants to stab the heart and become the next Davy Jones and all that. And Will says to him, like, well, if you're going to do this, you have to do the job. Otherwise, you're going to become all tentacly and fishy. And, like, uh, spoilers, but, like, we're talking about the movie pretty openly now. Uh, Will becomes captain, as I said earlier, and he... Like, he would do the job, like, he would abide by the rules so that he can see Elizabeth and that he could be normal. Like, everything we know about Will 
to this point would, would suggest that he would do the job. And it seems, as far as we can tell, in Dead Man Tale, like up to that point, he's doing the job in Dead Man Tale, Tell No Tales, but he's fishy. Like, they're all getting fishy and weird, and he's got, like, barnacles and stuff on his face. Like, it, it, it goes against the thing that the other movies had set up, and I don't like that. Uh, especially now, like, I found, like, blatantly, where they say, do the job, and you won't get technically. Um, yeah. This was the point of the movie where I had my little side note uh, that I didn't take my, my drugs, and I was having a hard time. Uh, so I didn't really have much to say about the movie uh, at this point, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And and this is the part of the movie where I finally realized, uh, once Davy Jones kills uh, Norrington and stuff, I, I just realized that he's just a bad dude. Like, I feel for him, as my little rant earlier would mention. Like, he put his faith in the wrong person, and it messed him up. But uh, then he let his hate make him make a bunch of bad decisions like you feel for him but he's still just a, like everything you see of him in the movie he's a bad dude he's just a villain which sucks uh we also learn though that well, other people i'm sure knew this but i learned here that spaghetti's name is pintel so it's pintel and rigetti uh it took three movies three movies to get here but we got here so i know their names now it's not spaghetti and rigetti anymore it's pintel and rigetti Anyways, we arrive at the Brethren Court, um, and Elizabeth rolls up in a new cat-thin outfit, and it's sick, and we are introduced to Keith Richards' character, uh, Captain Teague. He looks cool, seems like a cool dude. Um, very, very clear who this dude is, and I'll talk about it later, so I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, Calypso is revealed to be Tiadama and they take her like captive and put her in a like prison cell and stuff or the the blockades or whatever they called it back then um and Davy Jones shows up to talk to her and she's super bad at apologies by the way like he's like he's just there to just be like why weren't you there when I showed up after my 10 years of doing the job like where were you and instead of being like sorry she's just like it's my nature to 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 be wacky <laughs> Like, even if you would have just, like, fake apologized, you probably would have been cool with it. Any, anywho, uh, we're back at the Brethren Court, and they want to go to war, and then someone talks about the code, and shit talks the code and stuff, and, and that's where we learn that Captain Teague is all about the code. He says the code is law, and he, like, shoots someone for going against the code. Uh, but, as I had mentioned in, uh, in, I believe, the first movie when I talked about it, the f those movies, the other two movies, would suggest the code isn't law. Like they just kind of do whatever they want, and the the code sometimes just guidelines. Like, make up your mind: is it law or is it guidelines? I don't care. Anyways, we get to a vote. Uh, they put forward to vote for a pirate king, so that someone can decide whether or not they're gonna go uh, to war against Beckett and if they're going to release Calypso, and all of that. Uh, the problem with this plan is that any time they've tried to vote in the past, every lord just votes for themselves, so it never goes anywhere. But this time, oh, oh, oh plot twist, uh, Jack votes for Elizabeth. So she gets two votes and she wins. She's Pirate King. 
Still hilarious. I love it. Cracks me up. Uh, and we get a nice touch of, like, Teague is playing the guitar, as Keith Richards would do. And uh, when Elizabeth is elected, people don't want to follow what she says. Jack suggests that this would be breaking the code. Uh, and as soon as she mentions it, like, Teague breaks a string on the guitar. And I think that's that's funny. That's a nice touch. Like, he's a scary-looking man, so I get why people um, people listen to him. But yeah, uh, I've seen some people just like from general discussions about the movie and like some reactions. Like, I get real bored sometimes and I watch YouTube reactions to people watching movies. Uh, and I've seen a, a, a decent number of people watch this and not realize that Teague is Jack's dad. And I have no idea how they don't realize it. Like, it's so obvious. They look exactly the same. Then later he goes up to him and, and says, like, how's mom? Like,. <laughs> Like I think it's it's quite clear that it, that that Teague is Jack's dad, which is, has been confirmed in other places, and in the fourth movie, I think it's they even talk about it there that it's his dad. But anyways, uh, we see that Jack ends up being traded for Will. So I forgot to mention that. So uh, when Jack blows in his face and he falls off the ship. Uh, Will is picked up by Beckett. So yeah, I guess he was leaving the, the trail for Beckett. Um, anyways, now that Elizabeth's pirate king, she's like, "We're going to war, but we're not releasing Calypso. We're just gonna, we're just gonna go to war." Uh, they have like a meetup on this little island, and David Jones is standing in buckets, and it's funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they exchange Will for Jack, so Jack is back with Beckett, and Will is with uh, with with his his lady, the pirate king. And, and Barbosa. Um, anywho, Jack is locked up in the brig uh, on David Jones' ship, and then he starts seeing copies of himself again. So, like, is this a sign that he is actually, like, crazy? Like, the that the locker drove him mad? Because, like, what else, what else could it mean? Like, why else would he be seeing versions of himself places? Anyways, uh, Barbosa decides that he's going to release Davy Jones anyways, even though Elizabeth is like, nah. Um, and we learn that to release her, they have to say, like, the, the, the line, the I release you from your human bonds or whatever, mortal bonds, whatever it is. Um, you have to say it as if it's a lover saying it. I don't get that. Um, like, I know Davy Jones told them how to bind her, but as, as far as I understand it, he didn't do the binding himself. Nor would he have said it like a lover at the time because he hated her. So why does it have to be a lover doing it? I don't know. Anyways, they release uh, Calypso from her human bonds, uh, and she turns into a bunch of crabs for some reason. Uh, I think, to me, that confirms that she sent the crab rocks to Jack. Um, but anyway, she turns into crabs and she leaves. And everyone's like, oh no, well now what do we do? She's not going to help. So Elizabeth gives a real nice speech. Um... It's real nice. And then they, uh, she calls for the hoisting of the colors. And we get a whole scene of all like the different pirates and stuff uh, hoisting their flags. Which is cool. There's a lot of nice flags. Some not so nice flags. But a lot of nice flags. Uh, anyway, we get a couple callbacks here. Nice little callbacks to the first movie. Uh, Jack loses, loses, uses leverage to pop out of his cell in the brig. That's what it's called. The brig. And the other one's stockades, not the blockades. I'm an idiot. Anyways, he gets out of the brig uh, using leverage, which is how Will got him out in the first movie. 
uh, and he goes to find the chest. And the two cards, uh, two guards guarding the chest are the t- same two dudes that were on the boat in the first movie when he went down there to get on the boat. But I, like, I personally wouldn't trust them to guard anything after the first incident with Jack. Like, it's pretty clear that they were just chilling with him before he saved Elizabeth. And I think like, their ineptitude is further evidenced by the fact that Jack just takes the chest while they're arguing with each other. Yeah, uh, Jack has the chest, and like th- the fight starts. Um, a bunch of Davy Jones's people and some British people are on like the Pearl trying to attack like Will and, and Elizabeth and stuff. And Will smartens up and he goes, "Hey, I love this lady. I'd like to marry her." So they ask for uh, Barbosa to marry them because he's a captain of a ship and he has that power. But like while it's nice and everything. Um, I feel like it it's makes it very unsurprising that one of them quote unquote dies like the fact that they they needed to get married during a battle was like yeah one of you's dying uh, also um I don't think their marriage is legal because Barbosa isn't actually the captain of the Black Pearl Jack is so suck it um, <laughs> Yeah, we get a fight between uh, Jack and Davy Jones. Uh, it's really fun, and the effects in it still hold up for the most part. Um, the only thing about these fight scenes that I noticed that was not good was that there's no blood on like any of the weapons, so not super realistic. Be realistic, movie, uh, with your tentacle monsters and and your sea goddesses and stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene too where Jack uh, Jack tries to hide behind the wheel, so Davy Jones starts walking through the wheel and uh it's funny because he spins the wheel then davy jones gets spinned too but it makes no sense uh davy jones is intangible at that moment as he's walking through the wheel so when jack spins the wheel it wouldn't spin davy jones davy jones would just keep walking because of the intangibility thing uh but yeah they fight a bit yada 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 um the chest gets opened and jack's getting ready to stab it but davy jones is like haha no you don't and he stabs will through the heart and will's like clearly gonna die so jack it's it's his ultimate will you be a good guy will you be selfish moment and he does the good guy thing because he goes over to will uh puts the knife in will's hand and then guides will's hand into stabbing the heart instead of just doing him it himself because will would have died if he didn't um so yeah david jones dies uh Will becomes the captain. He gets a sick new bandana out of nowhere. Uh, presumably the, the crew dress him while they're underwater, getting like all the fish stuff off of them. But but yeah, Will uh, Will and the Black Pearl go and they beat up uh, Beckett's ship. Beckett dies, which is which is which is nice. Uh, and the two guards from the first movie in the, the chess garden. Are seen to be pretending to be pirates at the end, and that was that was funny. It made me laugh. I forgot that 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 happened. <laughs> but and then there's a funny line where everyone's throwing their hats in the air, and Jack's like, "Mr. Gibbs, you can throw my hat if you like." That's a terrible accent. And Gibbs throws the hat, and then Jack's like, "Now go get it." <laughs> it's funny. Uh, yeah, but anyway, movie ends. It's over. Uh, Beckett dies. Davy Jones dies. Will dies. Uh, Jack loses his ship again because Barbosa steals it, 
And uh, the fourth movie is set up because Jack stole the charts, which uh, I guess the charts also can lead to the Fountain of Youth. Um, and we learn in the post credit scene that uh, Elizabeth's pregnant and she had, then she had a baby and then it's her and the kid waiting on a cliff because it's been 10 years and then you see Will coming off the beach and the movie ends. But one question I had left remaining, I suppose, is what happens to Bootstrap Bill? So once Will becomes captain, he's like, you're released from the crew, dog, to his dad. But then his dad's like, nah, dude, I'm going to stay with you. Um, so is he still there in the fifth movie? Like, we, we just don't see him. Or did he leave before that? Or does he get to leave when Will leaves? Like, once the Will's released from the curse in that movie? But not to say any of that movie makes sense, because, some, like, this is now a task that someone has to do. So, like, if Will's released, then someone else is just doing it. But then also Will would die. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah, uh, not really. Don't really have a summary to go to because I put it at the beginning. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it may seem like I didn't, <laughs> but I suppose I've I've noticed when I take notes on stuff, um, it's more to critique and, and and point out the things that I didn't like than it is to, to talk about the things that I did. Uh, like if there's something I'm talking about that I did like, it's usually because I really liked it. For the most part, I talk about the things that annoyed me. Um, but yeah, there was not much in this movie that really annoyed me other than like the minor consistencies, but there's also not much that I really loved like I did in, in, in the first one. But yeah, um, I think these this, this is a really good trilogy. It's one of the better trilogies that's out there. And if you've not seen them, or if you haven't seen them in a while, I think... Uh, Go give them a watch, and then you can decide for yourself whether you want to risk watching on Stranger Tides and uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales, because that's, you know, that's you're asking for trouble at that point, and, and don't put that, don't put that evil on me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I've already watched Chamber of Secrets, and I've got uh, my notes written up for that, so that that one's ready to be recorded and, and, and edited and all that, and we'll be good to go there. So that'll be the next one up, likely, after this. Um, and then at that point, it'll either be, following that, it'll either be uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, the first Avengers movie, or something else, if I get any suggestions. Um, I'm going to be starting work in a couple weeks. Uh, my... my, my uh, time off due to the pandemic is almost over and uh, yeah I start work in pretty much exactly two weeks so I'm still going to try to get uh, one episode out a week um, if I don't uh, I will try to be as, as often posting as, as I can um, for, for the, the few of you who do listen to this which I, which I greatly appreciate I thank you for listening to me babble. I enjoy watching things and talking about them or playing things and talking about them or reading things and you, you guessed it, talking about them. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to talking about Chamber of Secrets. I had a good time watching that. 
and there's, I think I have quite a bit of notes. It might be my most notes yet. Um, and I also, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing my Avengers idea. Uh, I, I guess it doesn't hurt to say what it is. Uh, I want to watch every Avengers movie and then do like a review thing. I kind of talk about it. But I also want to address uh, each movie, which films in the MCU are absolutely required uh, to have seen or like that, that you, like most people should see before watching them. Uh, for each one, so each Avengers movie only. So, uh, like the first one, Age of Ultron, Infinity War, and Endgame, and what movies need to have been seen to to reach the maximum enjoyment level for that film. Because uh, like that, I think that kind of gives me an opportunity. Because I know a lot of people like to talk about how um, these movies aren't accessible, which is something that I I can agree with. But at the same time, I'm also like I don't agree with it because it's it's like I'll get into it more. I'll start ranting if I talk about it. And I'll get into more in in the in the actual episodes. But it's like it's like asking someone to go see the third Harry Potter movie, and then being like upset that they don't know what's going on. Like yeah, because you're going to see the third movie in a series. Like of course you don't know what's going on, and I f- I feel like the MCU is like that. Like, there are some that you can miss, but for the most part, if you didn't see, like, if you didn't see them, I, I like that how they don't cater to you, and that, like, you had every opportunity, presumably, to see these uh, up to this point, at least the main ones, and, and there's a lot of people whose whose jobs are to write articles and stuff before a movie comes out as to which ones they think you need to see and there's recaps and stuff online. Like, it's very easy to get yourself caught up uh, if you haven't watched that. And if you have not watched it and you still go to see it anyways, then that's on you if there's stuff you don't understand, I think. But yeah, it, it's something I'm pretty pretty interested in, and I, and I kind of want to take that approach to each of these movies from the stance of someone who thinks that it is completely fine if they aren't accessible, uh, and then kind of recommend which ones at least I think need to be viewed to get the best viewing experience of each Avengers movie. So yeah, that's that's kind of the plan for that that will uh start up and kind of coincide with the with the Harry Potter uh watch alongs and anything else that might come to mind. So yeah, I I apologize if this one's a little rough. I'm I'm quite sleepy. As I said, I just accidentally went on an 8 kilometer walk uh hike even which was like 2 hours. Uh and I'm tired, <laughs> and but I wanted to I wanted to record this and, and get it and get it going, which might have been a mistake, ultimately. Cause it might have been. Oh, excuse me. Oh, this 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 discussion might have been a bit all over the place. Uh, I tried to follow up my notes as best as I could, but I was I was fading even just as I was reading them. But yeah, uh, if you did listen to this, I apologize and I thank you. Um, and I hope there was at least some kind of enjoyment in it and uh, and hopefully you'll you'll come back again and I'll see you next time on uh Eric's Mediocre Adventures